So I want you to imagine that moment when Moses walked into Pharaoh's palace. If you remember the story, because Moses was basically adopted as a child into Pharaoh's family. He grew up alongside Pharaoh's natural son. And then at a certain time, he realizes that he's not actually an Egyptian, he's an Israelite. He gets a little bit angry, kills an Egyptian, then gets a little bit scared, runs off for a long time into the wilderness. And then finally he comes back, and it's this dramatic moment when Pharaoh's son is now the Pharaoh. And so it's like brother against brother. And he walks in with his staff. You can imagine just sort of slamming his staff on the ground saying, let my people go. However, it's not quite what he said. What he says is, let my people go three days into the wilderness so that they can worship. When you, when you kind of read the story, originally there was no real plan to escape and go off to this promised land. Originally, the, it was simply, we just want to stop working for three days and have a chance to go and worship God. Now, it's even a little bit more complicated than that, because even that simple request filled Moses with so much terror that he basically said to God, I can't say that because he's the Pharaoh. He's going to kill me. And so he gets his other brother, Aaron, to go and do the job for him. So in reality, if you imagine the scene, you've got Moses as this quivering, terrified mess, whispering in his brother's ear, saying, oh yeah, and say this to him as well. But it's a, it's a fascinating sort of image of confronting this, this enormous power and basically saying, we need to go and worship. Now, how does that relate to where we are in this gospel? The situation was basically because they were, they were being kept from heaven because of slavery. And, and when, I, when I say heaven, what I mean is that we, we are made for worship. Like, like at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, the reason why the Garden of Eden was so good was because we walked with God. We were in relationship with God. We were just surrounded by love. That thing that we crave, that thing that drives us insane every day because we can't find enough of it. We were swimming in it. You know, and, and we lived in this perpetual mode of receiving love and giving back gratitude. That was worship. And so the Egyptians, the Egyptians have now basically enslaved the Israelites and said, you cannot experience what your heart was made for because we are just going to work you to the bone. You know, this, this slavery was, was not just about working too hard. It was about basically stealing away their, their real identity. And this, I think, is where it comes to the gospel. Because Jesus comes up to this young man, or rather, the young man comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to gain eternal life? You know, that, that yearning deep within the heart which knows that we're made for something more, and I'm sure you know what that is. You know, it's, it's, it's that deep yearning within you which is just never satisfied. 
It's that thing which makes you get angry. Your, your anger is actually telling you you're made for something more. You know, whenever you get frustrated or irritable because you're just never quite satisfied. And, and that's, that's the starting point for this young man. He comes up and says, how do I get to that place? I've done everything. I've tried to be good. I've tried to follow the commandments. And yet there is still this thing within my heart yearning and craving more. And Jesus realizes, well, he knows the answer, okay, because he's God. He's like, what you're actually looking for here is worship. What you're looking for here is to get back to that place of relationship that Adam and Eve originally had in the garden. But you find yourself now almost in the same position that the Israelites were in in Egypt. You can't worship because you're too busy. And you're too busy because you're virtually in economic slavery. You're in debt. You know, you're, you're, you've got so many demands on you. You've got so much that you've got to live up to. You've got to pay off the, the mortgage. You've got to feed the kids. You've got to try and you know, pay off that big screen TV that you got recently. Or whatever they used in ancient Israel. Yeah. <laughs> big screen window, I think it was. Look out at this countryside. But, but this, this young man, you know, like he's, we don't know a lot about him, but it simply says he was rich. And when Jesus says, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, he went away sad. Now, often we can sit here in judgment and say, oh, he was in love with his money, or you know, maybe he was just you know, too stingy to give anything away. But I think we, we find ourselves in, in this same position. That, in a sense, every one of us has got a pharaoh enslaving us. Every one of us has got something holding us back from prayer, from worship, from gratitude, from entering back into that heart of the relationship. And I think what Christ would be saying to us is, if you can identify what that Pharaoh is and then smash it. You know, because if, if you really are craving eternal life, if you're really craving the fulfillment of your heart's desire, that's the battle. That's the, that's the key battle you've got to face. You were made to be in relationship with God. There is so much standing between you in relationship with God. And so at some point you need to go face to face with that and deal with it, or get rid of it. And I think this is where we find ourselves in the same position that Moses was in. Absolutely terrified. Because, you know, Moses was up against one of the great superpowers of the ancient world. You know, just a small, small guy trying to speak against the most powerful man in the world. We find ourselves having to stand against ourselves. You know, that, that we find ourselves having to stand against this superpower, which is our desires, you know, our sinful nature, you know, that, that part of us which demands to be in control. And it's almost like Christ is inviting us into this, this internal battle to say, let my people go. Let me go. Let me be free of this, whatever it takes, 
so that I can actually start to get back to where I was meant to be in the beginning. Now, for each one of you, that's going to take a different image. You know, for some of you, that will be money. For some of you, that will be some form of economic slavery. You know, because that really is the nature of our world today. You know, we are so far in debt, or rather we're just so obsessed with trying to live up to expectations of what we should have to live a good life, the house, the car, everything else, that, that we are enslaved. You know, and, and, and we're working and working so hard. And, and in a sense, I think this is where it does come back a lot to that same image of the, of the Israelites. Because they were working like slaves. At the end of a long day, they were exhausted. They, they probably had time to pray, but they didn't feel like praying. They were just too tired. And so what they did was they went down to the temple. But it wasn't the Jewish temple. It was the pagan temples. And if you know much about how the Egyptians worshipped, it wasn't particularly holy, as we would say. <laughs> you know, that involved a whole lot of prostitution, involved a whole lot of promiscuity. Um, you know, it's probably the sort of stuff you'd get maybe like, say, in King's Cross in Sydney. You know, at the end of a long, long, long week, you go down there to worship. And in a sense, that's the same position we're in. You know, you're working, you're working, you're working. At the end of a long day, what do you do? You turn on the television. It's not particularly holy stuff most of the time. You know, but, but we do, we, we're kind of caught in this cycle of being exhausted and then desperately trying to relax. And it's almost like everything is drawing us away from where we actually find that real nourishment. You know, what our heart is really craving is just silence. What our heart is truly craving is to just sit in that place where we know how much we're loved. That we've got a God who is close to us, a God who provides all this for us. And to just receive it like a little child. Let it sink in. Just, just once again, come back to that place of being nurtured and cared for. So I think this is where we need to allow this word of Christ to penetrate us. If you want eternal life, or you could retranslate that, if you actually want that joy that your heart is craving for, what do you need to sacrifice? What do you need to step away from? What do you need to start stripping away to make space so that you can figuratively go into the desert for three days to worship? You know, to be able to go into that, that, that silent place where your heart can actually be still, your eyes can actually be opened to recognise that God is close. And a key part of that is starting to develop the hunger. You know, because once again, we've, we've lived in this for so long that we've, we've almost forgotten how to pray. Prayer becomes a chore. Prayer becomes something hard. But to start to come back to that sense of wonder and delight. You know, as, as we heard in the first reading, you know, where it talks about wisdom. I esteemed wisdom more than scepters and thrones. I compared her... You know, I, I, I held riches as nothing compared with her. I reckon no priceless stone to be her peer. For compared with her, all gold is a pinch of sand. 
I think that's the place we're trying to get back to. We're trying to strip away enough of the busyness to get back to that place where everything comes back to perspective. And we realise that that relationship with God is more important than anything else. More important than gold, more important than reputation, more important than all the adulation of the world. To simply sit as a child in the arms of God and to be loved, that's more important than everything. I would suggest if you can get to that place, you will start to understand what eternal life actually is. If, if, if you can't understand that, it's probably a suggesting that you're, you're so caught up in the busyness, the, the frantic pace of our world, that, that maybe, maybe you do need to start fighting against whatever that Pharaoh is. Whatever that thing in your life is that's holding you down, keeping you away from it. But the key thing is to realise that Christ is the one who wants to fight that battle with you. This is not simply about go and try harder, go and pray more, go and you know, be more busy. Allow the call of Christ to invite you in the same way that it invited this rich young man. It was this very gentle, loving call saying, come with me, come and spend time with me, because I want to spend time with you. I think as we come into the Eucharist tonight, allow yourself to hear Christ speak that word. Hear his desire for you. His desire that that, that your heart would be fulfilled. If you can hear him calling you and summoning you out of the noise, out of the busyness, and into the silence so that he can speak tenderly to your heart. I think particularly after we receive communion tonight, I think it's important that we try and take some time in silence. But, but do it with that intention, to just listen to him calling you and speaking to you with love.